drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Eric Oakery. I'm going solo again. My buddy Grifka, who's normally on the show with me, is uh, not here today again, uh, just uh, different schedules, and Grifka is going to bring you some content on Friday. So I thought I'd just do a solo show here on a Tuesday. We got lots, lots, lots to talk about when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Um, I've got some Detroit Kool Aid for you guys. I know I've been frustrated, I've been ranting and raving here on the show. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of that Detroit Kool Aid. I know you guys like to drink it in, as we do often on the show. Drink it in, man. But before we get to all that, I'm going to do some news and notes on the back half of the show. I want to talk to you guys about some the players on this current roster. I mean, everybody's talking about the GM, the, the you know the head coach. I want to talk about this roster, maybe some guys that we're still unsure of, maybe some guys I've determined, uh, in the words of Grifka, they ain't that great. <laughs> and, uh, and again, kind of focus on maybe just this the small core of players that you can move forward with. So we're going to focus on the roster on the back half of the show. Um, To start off here, let's get into the news and notes. I mean, it came down Saturday that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have been uh, relieved of their duties, you know, wished uh, well in their future endeavors. I mean, Sheila Ford Hamp uh, did what needed to be done. Now you often hear me on this show, Especially when Grifka's on, you know, I'm always trying to spin stuff, serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid, believe in people, project forward, all those things I talk about. But for the last, you know, two, three, four weeks, whatever it's been, you've heard me come on this show and blast the Detroit Lions for lack of effort, poor play, horrible defense, you know, players that I had continued to wait on and try to be patient on, continue to not play good football or not make impactful plays. And I just had enough, you know what I mean? So um, the eye test did it for me and for most Lions fans out there. Everybody knew this had to happen. I I was glad when it came across just because I was tired of the losing, tired of watching um, a scheme, a defensive set, a just overall team that really wasn't that exciting to watch week after week when it comes to NFL football, which we love here in the state of Michigan. So, you know, like I said, I, I was happy to see it. You know, I I think putting um, – let's get to Daryl Bevel here. You know, they made Daryl Bevel the interim head coach. I mean, I think that was the safest move. I know a lot of fans and everybody was calling for uh, Braden Combs, Coombs, however you want to pronounce it, to uh, take over there as this young, fiery coach. I mean, every time I do listen to that guy in press conferences, he's, like, open – He's no nonsense. He seems like kind of a tough guy when it comes to football. He seems smart, um, re- very relatable, very, you know, type of guy the players would, would rally around. But 
there's just not enough there when it comes to experience or just the ability to handle that top position, in, in my opinion. Now, you could have given him the run and just kind of see what you got out of him um, for this time because, to me, Daryl Bevel is, like I say, that safe option. He's the guy that he'll come in, say all the right things, you know, hold the fort down for four or five weeks, and then see if the guy gets another coordinator job. That's kind of where I think he'll be at when it's all said and done. But, uh, you, you know, it, it was about time Sheila Ford Hamp went in and, and told the, the guys that have been running the Detroit Lions this. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. I mean, she probably followed that up with something, I don't know, maybe just paraphrasing. It probably sounded something like this. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Jim Mora. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, that's that's what I felt like, especially the Carolina game, Thanksgiving again. I mean, to get shut out in that Carolina game and then to, to show up, you know, early in the Thanksgiving, and then just fumble the ball away literally and figuratively over and over, you know, to continue to get beat deep over the top, to continue to just have guys running free. I mean, I, I think Sheila Ford Hamp just went to like Matt Patricia and said, man, your defense has got this. No chance of that's what you got. I mean, the defense giving them absolutely no chance to compete against other NFL teams. The low NFL teams are beating the brakes off you. I mean, that, that, like she said in her press conference, that was kind of the telling tale. That was the last straw. And it was, you know, it was, you know, I had that fun game in Atlanta with me and my buddy Chops were there and they got back to three and three and... You know, crazy win at the end. You're thinking, man, you go get a couple of these games against either Indy, Minnesota, Washington, Carolina, or or Houston. We might have something here. I might be able to, to right the ship. But this ship went down. It hit it hit an iceberg and started sinking. And, and Sheila Ford, you know, Hamp said she just had enough. You know what I mean? So... Uh, you know, I think it's a good thing. I think a fresh start is really what they need. Uh, I know people want to see exciting, different football. It proven that it wasn't going to work here. I think the premise was good. I think Bob Quinn did some good things. I also think Matt Patricia had a good heart for what he was trying to do and still, you know, work ethic and, you know, hey, we, we don't play around here in Detroit. We don't laugh it up. We're here to try to work hard and, and get that to equal to wins. The thing is it didn't equal to wins. You didn't get enough W's, and you didn't see enough production. You didn't see enough players getting better. You didn't. You didn't see fight. You know, if you'd have seen some of those things, I think you could have continued it uh, at least through this year. And if you would have finished with a decent record, you know, maybe get that that extra year in 2021. But it, it nothing warranted that. You know, um, and it just is what it is. So let, let me get back to Daryl Bevel being the interim head coach my opinion on that I listened to his pre introductory presser basically and 
I, I don't know. I mean, Daryl Bevel said everything right. You know, he sounded excited. He sounded smart. He said he's just going to let the players have fun and play with their hair on fire. And, you know, he's going to be a different perspective and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was just kind of like, it's all those things you'd write on paper and that, that gets people excited. Of, well, maybe, maybe when they play Chicago, maybe we'll see a, a whole new offense, a whole new defense, a fired up football team. I mean... Is there a chance that might happen? I I guess, maybe. <laughs> but do I think what will happen is that he'll say all the right things, he'll be ultra positive, it'll sound like the great thing to do when you're changing coaches is to lighten everything up and let the players ro- roll out and play football? Yeah, but do I think I'll probably see the same type of football for the most part? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I'm leaning is that I do think that. I also think Daryl Bevel, one of the big problems I've had with him, Again, supported him, you know, in that that first year. And then we started seeing kind of stagnant bad play calling. We've seen a lack of creativity, you know, all that stuff. Now, he's going to somewhat spin it now that, oh, you know, I was told to do that. Or, you know, I wasn't allowed to do certain things. I mean, we'll see what he pulls out of his bag. But the thing I don't like about Daryl Bevel and having from the get-go this is another Matt Stafford, like, half-apologist. I mean, you think Daryl Bevel ever really gets after number nine and crushes him for his footwork or his misses in practice or when he turns the football over again and again and again, costing us ball games here, you know? No. I mean, Daryl Bevel's a guy that will... will you know, be positive, you know, he'll, he'll give you that passive-aggressive get on you, but he's never going to really get on you. So that's that's the kind of coordinators Matt Stafford's had all his whole time here. You know, he never had a guy that really got after him or pushed him to his limits, and that's why he always likes all these guys. Oh, I like uh, Scott Linehan. Oh, I love uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, man, I'm just, uh, you know, Jim Caldwell is my favorite coach. Oh, you know, I, I, I support what I see in the paper. I, he, loves, he loves Bev. I mean... Of course he does, because he he doesn't he doesn't hold him to a high standard. He just kind of goes through the motions, you know, draws up some good plays on the grease board, and go out and run them as best you can. Aw shucks, if it didn't work, and if it did, you know, give him a fist pound, and away we go. You know, I think that's what it is with Daryl Bevel. So I mean, I like the guy. I, I like some of the things he's done in the National Football League on his resume, but. When it comes to the Lions, I'm going to be real shocked if he's got crazy juice, like he says, and he flips all these players on his side and the offense starts humming. I mean, the thing Daryl Bevel has going for him, which, again, no excuses, but the Matt Patricia didn't, was, you know, in his first game back, you might get, you know, Kenny Galladay, DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, I don't know where Flowers is at. I mean, you've got two out of those three or all three of those players. Is basically your three best players on the team returning to play I mean you're playing the Chicago Bears Psh, Chicago and, and, and Mitchell Trubisky oh, wait no this is for you Grifka Mitch <laughs> we got Mitch coming in here I mean it's a freaking dog's name seriously uh, but I mean that sets up pretty well for you to have a decent performance but I mean I'm just still not holding my breath for W's or for this crazy productive play that we're going to see I think that you know, I got kind of fired up when I listened to Daryl Bevel, but then, you know, when I didn't get fired up, this is still uh, finishing out my news and notes here. Because again, I got to talk about number nine. I got to talk about the quarterback. He came on after Daryl Bevel, and I swear, 
I, I'm totally torn right now on Matt Stafford because it's pretty set that we need a new direction, a new leader, a new signal caller, a new trigger man at the quarterback position. Yet, you know, if you found the right gym, the right head coach, and they were all on board with two to three, four more years of Stafford and could put in good pieces around him, I mean, he, he's more than serviceable. But you watch his interview. I mean, the guy has the most robotic ho-hum answers. I mean, he just talks about, well, you know, it's all about winning and this and that. Yet yet at the same token, he'll crack jokes about how he dropped the pass on Thanksgiving or, you know, oh, you know, I didn't even, you know, the, the interception, you know, I, I should have done this, I should have done that. It was just a great play by J.J. Watt. I mean, how much more we got to hear this from this guy? You, you know, you don't ever barely hear him come on and, have this serious tone where he's just beat up inside or, oh, man, I cost us that game on Thanksgiving or, man, I can't believe I dropped that football. That would have been a great, fun touchdown that I should have had. You know, it's just so, you know, I I, I I dropped it. I guess I haven't played receiver in a while or whatever he says. It's like, whatever, man. It's just like getting sick of these, like, attitudes and the kind of lip service you get from, from some of the guys at the on the Lions. But... I mean, at the same token, he's 32. He can make all the throws. He's 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 more than serviceable as a mid-level, you know, with upper-level qualities as an NFL quarterback. But I mean, everything has to break right for this guy, or else it's just, oh, we lost again. I should have been better and could have made a few more plays. And our team wants to win, yet we never do win at a high level. It's just everybody's heard enough of it, you know. It's just kind of. You know, it's just getting old and tired and, and empty. And, and and the thing I want to point out before we move on, I'm going to do um, this one last thing about Stafford. Then I'm going to talk quickly about what I expect maybe in Chicago. Then we'll take that break and get into these, uh, these players that I still think are kind of either unproven or we're not sure what we have in Detroit. And then break down a couple other categories of players too. So, um, you know, the the last thing I heard from Stafford that really got caught my ear was, you know, every other time he's been asked about his future, he will always kind of say, you know, I, I want to be here as long as they'll have me. I got a lot of good years left. I love playing in Detroit. This time when he was asked, he said multiple times, um, we'll talk about that after the season, you know, and then he went into his... Uh, press number three robotic repeat button of you know I'm just trying to focus on this week and if I think about anything else it takes me away from Chicago like I love how these guys get away with that yet just imagine if in their real life throughout the week all they did was think about Chicago and they couldn't be they couldn't be uh, you know, bothered with anything else because that's their only focus. When you know these guys have 8 million things going on in their lives, their head, you know they're thinking about a million other things, yet they give you this empty answers of like that that's really all they're focused on. I mean, it's just a bunch of garbage. It really is. You, you, it wouldn't kill you to tell you, you know, where you're at with the team or where you think your future might be and still go focus on beating Chicago. I mean, you can do more than one thing at once. It's just kind of ridiculous that they get away with these answers and people buy it. Like, oh, yeah, that's the way to be. Just one thing at a time. Just one game. Just this. It's like nobody operates like that in real life. We all have lots going on. We all are dealing with juggling lots of things. Our our, our focus is kind of, you know, here, there, and everywhere. That's the way the world works, man. So to just act like you're putting all your efforts into Chicago and you have no cognizance of anything else going on. 
What a ridiculous, dumb answer by people that are supposed to be intelligent, you know, deep thinkers. You know, same thing with Matt Patricia. Thank goodness you're gone because I couldn't stand here and God play better, God coach better from this standpoint, from that standpoint, from this. I mean, you're you're supposed to be a rocket scientist, you're supposed to be a genius, yet you can't form a coherent sentence or you can't think about more thing than just what today's about. Oh, I just I'm only focused on today. Really? Because I'm pretty sure you got 8 million other things going on than just today there. Matt Patricia, Matt Stafford, all these other sports people that want to give you this empty, you know, rinse, repeat type answer. So I thought it was telling mostly because, you know, he, he didn't straight up say he wants a beer. He didn't say, um, you know, I want to finish out Detroit. Didn't say I love Detroit. Didn't say I'll, I'll be here as long as they'll have me as their quarterback, blah, blah, blah. He just said, talk about it after the year. So to me, that, that kind of tipped a hand of, yeah, his head probably is somewhere else if he's got to start over again and he doesn't see the talent on this team he knows he's got probably three to six years left at a pretty high level depending on on his injuries and where he's at so yeah I could see Matt Stafford sort of working his exit plan as well as um, but I think it would be the Detroit Lions that would need to tell him hey Appreciate you. Done great. We'll try to get you to a, another good team, but we're moving forward. Um, the smart play, in my opinion, is to just, um, you know, if you're in the top five, top eight, you know, you're pretty much going to have your, your pick of one of those quarterbacks or even in the second round, there's still going to be some quarterbacks there. Just make it a focus in the top two rounds to get a quarterback, bring him in, get him, get him rolling, um, you know, have Matt Stafford play 2021 eat so you don't have to eat that crazy uh, cap hit of 25 million bucks whatever it is have him play out the year if he's healthy uh, all goes well if the trade deadline comes and somebody wants to pick him up get some resources if that doesn't work for whatever reason you just sort of let it bleed out and then i think basically then you're free with uh, basically a nothing cap hit somewhere in the range of seven to nine million bucks um that's nothing you know in comparison to where you'd be at you got another year of service you got the young kid somewhat ready to go and and then you move forward with a better roster a young quarterback and uh, things like that so i i'm kind of thinking hoping that's the way it plays out but i wouldn't be opposed to just cutting bait and there's part of me that's just like hey you know, if the new guy loves Matt Stafford and thinks, you know, I'm a few receivers and a few defensive studs away from being competitive, I mean, like I say, in my opinion, he, he can stay here based on, you know, the the fact that we see him make plays, we see him make throws, but I just don't think it's going to get much better. So the only way to, to keep him and have a better football team is to get a lot better pieces around as well as a better leadership group and a better scheme and all that type of stuff. And maybe you'd see the absolute best out of him. But, um, you know, I think we pretty much know what we have. So we'll see what happens with number nine. Be really interesting. Last item here before we take a quick break is uh, so we're heading into, you know, to Chicago. Um, you know, had Chicago beat opening day. If DeAndre Swift catches that football. Mitch Trubisky, uh, very surprisingly, is back in the saddle again. What well, he, he ended up getting blown out against uh, Green Bay. I mean, he, he looked exactly like Mitch looks whenever he plays quarterback. I mean, yeah, everyone likes to joke he's just MVP against the Detroit Lions. I mean, you never know what kind of weather and stuff you're going to get in Chicago, but I, I don't see him lighting us up. Well, I can't say that because everybody's litting up the Lions and, and I don't expect their defense to totally change. So, I mean, I think he'll be serviceable. You know, he'd be better than he, 
he really is based on where the Lions are at defensively, but I don't see him being the sole reason that they lose this game. I just don't know what to expect. I I feel like the offense might be a little more loosey-goosey or a little bit, you know, Bevel's actually, you know, you know he's going to try to put his spin on things where people will leave this football game going, wow, look at all the changes. So, like I said, I'd expect him to tell Corey Unling to blitz more. I'd expect, you know, offense to be more downfield, you know, less um, – two yards and a cloud of dust running. That's kind of what I'm expecting. And I think this will just sort of be a, a back and forth ball game, probably out in windy kind of cold weather. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess since I'm not doing a combo show with Griff guy, I got to throw out a prediction here. So if I was to predict this game, I mean, it's probably like a, Oh gosh, I just been predicting wins all year and now, you know, this is going down the tubes here. So, I mean, to be realistic, probably like 20, 24, you know, 21 uh, bears, something like that maybe. But I mean, obviously like, even though we're kind of past stage of being in the mix, uh, you know, I'd like to see a new excitement from what Daryl Bevel puts on the field with his offense and defense. I'd like to see some of these players come back and, and play football. So if Kenny Swift flowers, Austin Bryant, um, Deshaun hand, you know, Okuda, all these guys are back rolling. I don't know why you couldn't beat Chicago the way they're playing football, but um, again, up down league, Chicago's lost four or five in a row. Detroit hasn't won a bunch in a row. So I feel like, uh, it's going to be kind of a really tight ball game. Could go either way. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Lions falling short, but if they won it and played really fun, exciting, good football, that would be fun to watch for a change as well. So, so there, there it is. There's the top of my show. We're going to take a quick break. You guys will hear um, a little sponsor ad about my other podcast. It's called Believe B L E A V and Lions with myself and the one and only Lions safety Benny Blades. Benny, you guys know who he is, hard-hitting safety for the Lions for years, played at the U, um, the University of Miami, and uh, like I said, you'll hear this little spot about it, Um, we have a lot of fun, laugh, got to know Benny pretty well, and uh, just enjoyed growing that show day by day, week by week. We'd love the Lions to be winning more. We'd love to be talking about some different things, but we still have a really enjoyable show. I think you guys would like it. So give this a quick ad a listen, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you about players that are I'm still unsure of. Maybe you guys are sure of these players. I'm going to tell you about some guys that I am sure can't play and uh, maybe how to get this roster together. So everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Derek Oakry of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and this is normally where I tell you about some of our great sponsors. But today, I want to tell you about my other Lions podcast. It's called Believe in Lions. And that's spelled B-L-E-A-V on the Believe Podcasting Network with both myself and Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. Yeah, you know who he is. The hard-hitting safety, Benny Blades, played for the Lions. He also played for the U. You know what it is. The University of Miami, those Miami Hurricanes. He mentions it multiple times the show. Benny loves to talk about his hurricanes, his lions, and I love to play this soundbite on the show. 
We have a ton of fun on that show. We laugh, we joke, we talk Lions. Like I said, he brings up the Hurricanes. I talk about my Michigan Wolverines. Um, it's it's a really fun show. Benny loves the Lions. He tells great stories from his playing days, as well as uh, we're just rooting on this team. We B-L-E-A-V in the Lions. So please go ahead, find it on your favorite podcast platform. Hit that subscribe button and check it out. Share it with a friend. We really appreciate it. So check out Believe. B-L-E-A-V in lines with myself and Benny Blades. Thank you guys so much. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. What's going on, Detroit Lions fans? Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I am back from the break. Thanks so much for listening to that uh, sponsor ad. Please go check out BLEAV and Lions. that drops Thursday mornings on any of your favorite podcast platforms with myself, Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. And you can find Benny Blades on Twitter and any other platform, basically at, at Benny Blades. 36. So check that out. Um, go give my buddy Grifka a follow at Grifka DKC. Um, always trying to grow his Twitter and uh, me and him have a lot of fun on the show. We're, we're trying to put our heads together of where we go this off season and what we guys, what we can bring you and maybe what the show is going to be. We always want to be a little bit different. That's why we play the sound drops. That's why we talk smack. That's why we argue and have a bunch of fun on the show. We know there's lots of other lion shows out there. We try to be different, have a little bit of fun. We really appreciate the support of everybody that's been listening and been reaching out to us online. Just it's been awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into what I put. These are like players that I don't know what I have. You know, I don't know if they're horrible. I don't know if they just haven't, uh, you know, need some more seasoning. I don't know if they have really good potential to help, you know, this football team or a NFL football team. I really don't know what I have in a lot of these guys. So the list is, is pretty long. And, and some of the ones I put in here aren't like young guys. Some of them are guys that they either haven't been with the Lions long enough or I just don't know if there'll be a piece in 2021 that we can build on or if this is a, you know, if this is it for them. But this is the list I came with. So Quintez Cephas, I don't know what we have in him. Fifth round pick. Haven't seen much from him this year, but I'm not re- ready to write him off yet. I think it could be a nice complimentary productive type NFL receiver once given the chance Julian O'Quara took this guy in the upper third round haven't seen anything from him this year none whatsoever never made plays when he was in there and has been injured but again don't know what I have I mean I'm not willing to just give up on the guy he could still be a ball player had good things in college just haven't seen at the NFL level yet Austin Bryant, guy hadn't played for basically two full seasons. He came out there, 
blocked a couple kicks, you know, showed some juice, seemed like a ridiculous looking athlete in the jersey. Oh my goodness, guy was long, lean, big. I mean, just uh, looked like a, a specimen, I thought, in the jersey, a number 94 there. I, I think he's got some things, but I don't know what he has. I mean, maybe he'll just be an injured guy and wash out of the league, or maybe he's a ball player that we just don't know yet because he's not out there making plays every other down, which which is when Grifka will say, hey, this guy's good. It's like, yeah, everybody knows, man, but I don't know what we have in Austin Bryant. I, I put Romeo Aquara on this list because Romeo Aquara's had one really good year one really horrible year and another really good year here for the Lions. And then I think his first year with the Giants, he just, you know, was off the radar because he was 22 years old or something, rookie out of Notre Dame, and nobody knew about him. So, um, you know, I'm leaning that Okwara two out of three years. That means he's a better than, um, you know, a total question mark. Uh, he's a guy you can build off, but I just still don't know, especially I don't know his price tag. If his price tag is crazy high, I, I may be willing to move on from Romeo Quara, but if he wants to be here with his brother, I think he's a guy you can keep and add as an edge rusher. I do like what he brings. Uh, this guy fell in my question mark column as well. A O O baby. I mean, like everyone's penciling this guy in as some dominant corner, and you know you see on Twitter, oh yeah, A O is the best corner Lions got. Okay, I mean, he's he's made some good plays. I mean, did you miss all the plays where he's getting roasted, toasted, and extra crispy? Because <laughs> I see a lot of those on tape as well. So, I mean, I like the guy. I think I would have taken him in, what, the second or third round in that draft. He went in the fifth. He, he's come along nicely, but he's no dominant shutdown, put him out there against the best of the best types corners because... He, he's a step two, three, four behind on a lot of these routes. So you're seeing score touchdowns or, you know, make big plays down the football field, as well as, you know, getting his hands on the football, getting a few picks, getting a few knockdowns. Yeah, he's had all that. So up and down. I don't know what I have in A.O. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, Logan Stenberg. I mean, this guy almost made, made my, you know, get rid of him, um, you know, in the words of Grifka, the he sucks column. Or the, he ain't that great, because this guy hasn't played a lick. He was taken in the upper mid-fourth round. He hasn't been active. I haven't heard peep one about him. I don't even remember he's on the team half the time. Yet, I don't know what I have in him, because I haven't seen him. I mean, he was a nasty beast in college. And he just seems like he's a just a lump of nothing in the NFL. I mean, the fact that he can't play with some of the injuries we've had and the fact you took him in the mid rounds of the NFL draft is either a total embarrassment miss again by Bob Quinn and company, or this guy hasn't had a chance and he hasn't been given an opportunity. And when he does, maybe he's, he, he will show that nasty. Maybe he will be a good player on the offensive line, but I've seen nothing, but he still went in my question mark column. Cause I've seen nothing. <laughs> so I don't know. Tracy Walker made my question questionable column. He almost made the he ain't that great <laughs> Grifka column because I, I touted this guy. He, he looked like everything you'd want in a big, long, lanky safety. I've seen zero from Tracy Walker this year of positive. I've seen some negative. I've seen some missed tackles. I've seen him continue not to get his 15-foot arms on the football. But I just haven't seen it. The coaches aren't playing him. He doesn't seem to have any juice when he's out there. Like I don't know what is going on with Tracy Walker, but he made my questionable column because 
I, I just think there's still too much, you know, size, length, ability, and just, I mean, he's a young guy. He's got to, you got to find a way to feature him and accentuate his positives, hide his negatives. I mean, T-Walk should be a player that should be making plays on this team. And he, this is two years in a row where I haven't seen an interception, a fumble, a big hit, nothing. He's just sort of out there. Will Harris made my questionable columns list. You might be questioning why Will Harris is on this list. Will Harris is on this list because I loved him as a draft prospect. He came in and just got beat up left, right, and center, just getting beat. Then he got taken off the field. Now he never plays. Yet when I do see him out there, he looks like a big, good athlete that I think could help this team. So, I mean, Will Harris is a guy that under a new regime or given a new role or given some more snaps, I think he could come along a little bit. But right now he's just an awful football player. But, I mean, I still have hopes for the guy, but they're dwindling. (laughs) And they have been dwindling. I gave up on him a while ago because I was tired of saying, wait for Will Harris. Will Harris will make plays. And every Sunday it was just, why is Will Harris five yards behind the guy who's supposed to be guarding? Why did Will Harris miss another tackle? Why is Will Harris not going to get the ball carrier and letting Aaron Jones going for a 60-yard touchdown? Well, why can't Will Harris play football? <laughs> I mean, but he's still too young, too too good of a prospect to just write off at this point. Everybody wants to get rid of everyone. I mean, you got to have some belief. you gotta got to have some Kool-Aid. you got to drink it in for some of these players. Am I right? Drink it in, man. I mean, let's let's get some cornbread for these guys. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. Let's serve it up because some of these guys need to come along, and you can't just quit on all of them. The last couple I put in my questionable column. Actually, I got a, a, a little handful. I'll move through them quickly. You know, Danny Shelton to me is still 27 years old, I believe. I mean, big old dude. I mean, the the reason he almost made my get rid of him column is because. I don't know that this is a, a nose tackle league anymore. I think it's a penetrating young, you know, defensive tackle type of game these days. So I don't know that he fits, but he's still young. He has a good head on his shoulders. I mean, right now he's in my questionable leaning towards the eye. Ah, you know, you could easily play without a guy like that, but we just signed him. So I would like to get a year or two and, and see if he could play. But I mean, maybe he doesn't make it there. Deron Harmon. Ron Harmon says everything right in the media. I mean, he sounds like the most determined, tough leader that you'd want, yet I just see him too. He's, he's in the middle of the football field just letting people run free and, you know, just, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't make sense what I'm seeing from Deron Harmon, but he's still in my questionable column because I think he could be brought back under a new regime and play good as well. But he's a Patricia guy, so... You know, maybe he will be just a lost cause once a new group comes in. I I don't know. He's in my questionable column. Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin is out there barking and yakking and getting in the huddle and all the things I love from a nasty defensive end. But, I mean, he hasn't had a ton of production. He's had some QB hits. He's had a couple sacks here or there. Better than anything else we have off the edge, pretty much. Um, You know, he's been able to somewhat play decent while uh, Flowers is out and Aquara hasn't been getting as many splash plays. But Everson Griffin, I'd, I'd like to see him back in a Lions uniform in year two, just depending on price tag. I mean, him, Flowers, Aquara, maybe add another young guy. That'd be four guys that could rush the passer I'd feel decent about. 
Nick Williams, Nick Williams to me, uh, you know, again, almost made my just get rid of him column, but he's a big old guy as well. I, I feel like he's at least a guy you could keep around as that depth defensive tackle, or maybe him and another guy could be those, him, then another guy, Deshaun Hand and company could be those penetrating tackles, and maybe you keep Penasini as more of a run stuffer. You know, that's maybe what i do with him. So he's still in my questionable columns. He's been hurt, doesn't make a ton of plays, you know, five million bucks. I'm sure I could use that better other places, but... Um, you know, Nick Williams is in my questionable column and Deshaun Hand made it. Deshaun Hand is a guy I've stuck up for time and time again on this show. And instead, he's a guy that, you know, he's hurt a lot when he's out there. He's had multiple games, almost all of his games this year where you don't even notice him. Every blue moon, he'll jump up and make a play. You're like, oh, yeah, Deshaun Hand's in there. Like, you know, he, he looks like a good athlete off the field in the jersey, but just not enough production. But... I'm still willing to put him in the questionable column just because he's young enough and I've seen some flashes and I'd like to just kind of keep the hope alive, you know, with Sean Hand. But he's he's trending in the wrong direction, as people would say. All right, let, let, let's get to my Grifka's. He ain't that great. My cuts, my guys that Grifka would put in his he sucks column. You know, you know, the Grifka, you know, evaluation tool. He sucks. He's great. I'm unsure, or I'm not quite for sure. Those are his three columns. Okay, well, this is my he sucks column for you, Grifka. And and, and it goes something like this. Carry on Johnson. Yeah, you heard it here first. The guy that I said two years ago, there was no doubt he was going to be a dynamic running back. And you don't need to see five years worth of production before you can call somebody good. Yeah, I was wrong on carry on Johnson because he's made of paper mache He's a wimp. You hear him talk in the media, and it's just like, oh, you know, I was all beat up. Well, how were you beat up? You don't, you didn't even play much last year. How were you beat up? The guy doesn't have a mentality for the NFL. He's another ho hum, you know, um, just oh golly gee, I tried my best. Oh yeah, I fumbled again on Thanksgiving. No big deal. Hey, I dropped another pass. Oh, I'll get him next time, guys. Hey, you know, let's spread the ball around because I don't want to work that hard and I don't want to, you know, hurt, beat up my body. Well, that's the game of football, carry on Johnson. So to me, this guy doesn't have the mentality. He hasn't produced. He's been hurt too much and he makes too many mistakes to be on my football team. So just, just get rid of him. Get me a new body at running back, please. Carry on Johnson. You, you made the list. Jamie Collins, you're on the list. I mean, you make 10 million bucks. Okay, you make a few plays here or there. You also make horrible plays in coverage. You also miss tackles. You also, um, you know, a very hit and miss when it comes to blitz. You, your attitude isn't something I really need in my locker room. So, uh, Jamie Collins, you gone. Uh, next on the list, Jelani Tavai. I mean, the elephant on roller skates, the guy that gets stuck to blocks like he's uh, just draped in, in honey. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Jelani Tavai. He's just the, the ultimate, uh, you know, piece of Velcro is, is what Jelani Tavai is. He can't play the game of football. He's got to go. Uh, Desmond Trufant, I mean, gosh almighty. I tried to you get excited about you as a veteran. I hear your interviews. I think, man, I, I like this guy. Then I watch you play on Sundays. You can't cover. You don't look like you're working hard. You don't look like you care. You just are out there just going through the motions. And every blue moon, you'll get your hand on the football. You'll make a hit. It's not good enough. Trufant, you got to go. Uh, Jared Davis, there you go, Grifka. I've admitted it. Jared Davis is... 
I mean, his his talents are, are marginal at this point. Even the blitz off the edge, which I liked in the last game or so, it's not enough. I mean, okay, you play special teams. Congratulations. I mean, I still don't see enough from you um, in and out on Sundays. It's just time to move on, get a new linebacker. Pretty much anybody would do more than what he's been doing for this football team. Oh, man, why, why wasn't this guy at the top of the list? The outlaw, Jesse James. I mean, gosh, this guy should have went after the first game he ever played the Lions uniform. They should have just looked at him and said, uh, nope. <laughs> and uh, sent him packing like after game one, just like, yeah, th- that ain't going to cut it. So the- this guy's a horrible slug of an athlete. He-, he hasn't done anything good. I don't even know why he's on the team. Anytime he's in the game at the edge, just like, oh, run, run play. <laughs> I mean, it just makes no sense. Jesse James, they got to find a way to get out of that contract. Danny Amendola, you made the cuts list for me. I mean, okay, I've seen you. You you catch a six-yard ball every once in a while and move the chains. I mean, very limiting in the uh, impact plays you'll make for me at, what, 35-some years old, however old you are. I've seen enough. I'm, I'm tired of paying you $5 million a year to be, you know, marginal at best and have these, these injuries that keep you out multiple games a year. Okay, you work hard. I thought you'd be a locker room guy. I know Matt Stafford likes you because he's a little outlet that you can throw to all day. But in my opinion, it's just not worth the money, not worth the roster spot. Got to move on from Danny boy. Christian Jones made my cuts list. I mean, I, I still like some things I see from Christian Jones, but he's that big thumping, plotting, slow molasses type linebacker that Griff Cook goes on and on about every week that I don't know why we, we invested in four or five plus those guys on one football team. I mean, maybe you can have one or two and get by, but not four or five, your whole linebacker core. And Christian Jones is that guy. He's just, he's a guy and he can go. So that's basically my short list of guys that I've either just determined or that just are not good enough to play on this football team. So goodbye to all those guys. Trim the roster, get rid of contracts, figure out how you can maneuver the cap and and move forward. Get some new, exciting, dynamic, exciting explosive, smart, hardworking football players in here to replace those guys. Key building blocks. I I hit on this on another show, so I'll just breeze through them. Just looking over the roster in general, these are kind of the guys that I can put a stamp on, either that they're talented, they've been productive, or they're just guys that I'd be willing to build on if I had to look at this team now and say, who am I going to keep? Who can I actually put around? And that's DeAndre Swift. Kenny Galladay, Trey Flowers, Jeff Okuda, Fox the Kicker, Hawkinson, Ragnow, Decker, Jonah Jackson. Um, that, that's basically all I came up, up with. So when you're looking at that as a whole, I've got a couple offensive skill players, a running back and a wide out. I got Trey Flowers, a defensive end. I've got a corner that, yeah, he's playing horribly, but I still think he can grow into a, a number one quality maybe even elite corner i got the top punter in the game which i always joke about is worth nothing but just because it's not sam martin he makes my list and he has been good um, tj hawkinson i mean i i always tout him on the show mostly because it just makes grifka mad and because it's a funny gimmick on the show but i like what i see but i i don't see a special player you know i don't see a a hard nose, nasty blocker like I thought. I just he's just adequate. I see a pretty good receiving guy, but not dynamic, not a guy that's gonna go out and on any given week give you a buck twenty and a touchdown or two. I mean he doesn't have that. He also hasn't been used that way. 
but he's still, you know, a, a plus player at the tight end position and a guy that I can use on an offense. Frank Ragnow, really good center, you know, grades out really well. I still don't, you know, he doesn't blow me away, but I don't think about him much, so it's a good player. Taylor Decker, who I like at left tackle, they paid him. I think he'll be more than serviceable to up to above average. You know, Grifka likes to call him average. He's obviously better than that. He didn't have a sack given up for what year and a half, whatever it was, and 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 now he's gonna, you know, beat him up probably because he had a misstep or two in the last game or so. Taylor Decker is a good left tackle. He isn't a Hall of Famer. He's not, uh, you know, the greatest of all time, but he's good and. Uh, I like the way he plays out there on the edge. And then Jonah Jackson seems to be a good interior player that they that it, they brought along this year. So, you know, that's that's it. And like I said, you don't hear many on defense because a lot of the defensive guys were all on my questionable list. Austin Bryant, Julian Okwara, you know, Romeo Okwara, A.O., Tracy Walker, Harris, Shelton, Harmon, Griffin, Nick Williams, Deshaun Hand. I mean, that's the whole defense, basically, of decently young guys that might have some upside or that are vets that maybe could stay and help us. I mean, I, I there's plenty of guys that made my uh, get rid of list on the defense as well, so... I mean, obviously that's where it needs help, but again, the NFL, sometimes when you have to make that decision, it's kind of like, all right, do I go crazy offense and just try to outscore people and then figure out the defense later, or do I try to go big on defense in the draft and free agency and get that right, knowing that my offense can can get us by if you could actually stop someone for once or get a turnover or two? Imagine that. That'd be incredible if this team could do that. I mean, it'd be worth one of these. Wow. 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 I gave it a triple just because, I mean, I mean, I guess I could have given it a quad. Isn't that right, Frank Ribble? Wow. 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 That, that's my reaction when the Lions actually make a play on defense or actually get a turnover of some sort. It's unbelievable to me. Um, but, but that's my show. That's my solo show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, more football-based. Um, but try to drop a few sounds in there. Have a little fun. But, I mean... You know, the Matt Patricia Bob Quinn era is over. The Lions really need to get this GM hire right. The GM needs to get the coach hire right. They need to decide where they're heading with the quarterback position. And then you need to figure out these rosters um, spots that I went through. What, who are these questionable guys that you think could come along? Who are the guys that, in the words of at Grifka DKC on Twitter, they ain't that great and get rid of those guys and then take those building blocks that I mentioned and that most people know those are the core pieces and say, this team isn't completely empty. When you have three offensive linemen, two offensive, three offensive skill players and a couple, two, three defensive players that are also at key positions, rush end, cornerback, um, you know, that's something to, to build on. It's it's not where you want to be as a franchise, but it's not de- totally devoid of talent as well. And then you still got number nine out there. Keep him, let him go. I mean, he's obviously a plus player on the team, but, um, you know, maybe time to, to move forward with a new new leader, a new signal caller, a new passer, a new, a new quarterback for this football team. We'll see what they decide. But uh, everybody... Like I said, we're going to be making some decisions here shortly of kind of keep working our way through this game, see where we go in the offseason with the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. You can check out Believe in Lions. Me and Benny Blades will be talking about, you know, what we can do um, at the end of the season and moving forward to kind of entertain you with maybe some of his stories and, you know, maybe watch some old football games, you know, back from the uh, the 90s there where he was he was out doing his thing. That might be fun. 
But uh, like I said, we're going to figure all that out and see where we go. We appreciate all the support, no doubt about it. Uh, keep drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. we got a fresh, um, fresh slate now. We'll see what we get on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, and we'll go from there. So everybody, drink it in. You know how we do. Drink it in, man. And I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.